Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. All right, so uh, I told you this on game day, and I just I just happened to see it as we were kind of just talking about various players and uh, and things like that. And Henry Teeter, who is the starting tight end for Texas Tech, he's 6'4", he's 245. And that looks legitimately, from what we saw on Saturday, that he is the starting yeah. tight end. Yeah, yeah. And it looked like Baylor Cup is two on the list, and and Mason Tharp is third. Yeah, I mean just the amount of snaps and mm-hmm. reps that they were in getting mm-hmm. targets as well. So he um, he was a walk on, um, and his uh, he's from San Angelo, but now he's on scholarship. Uh, he got his walk on. He's got his scholarship last August. Had his uh, longest career reception uh, last week against Murray State. For 23 yards. And in the notes, it says, Mother Felicia Teeter serves as tight ends coach for Estacado High School. Okay? So I think, I was like, well, that's, that's a pretty fascinating little deal there, right? So yesterday, after the uh, LISD lunch, um, I went over to the Estacado, the new coach. I had not met him yet. This is my first time to go this year. His name is William Blaylock. And he was not happy with his team last week. He basically said, we got our butt kicked. We had a come-to-Jesus meeting at the 50 at halftime. Um, we had warned them that they can't act like they won the world and um, because the previous week they had won big. And so last week they lost big. Uh, and then he said this. I thought this was pretty amazing, pretty, pretty funny. Amazing how much film you watch when you win, um, when you, basically when you lose. Um, is what he what he meant what he said I think I just wrote it down wrong but anyway they take on Paladero um, and uh, he's very complimentary of Paladero that'll be a seven o'clock game tonight at uh, Lowry Field so anyway I asked him about I go I go hey go coach tell me about Coach Teeter and so Felicia Teeter um, was at Dunbar last year and she worked for the Department of Defense for twenty five years uh, but she also coaches the H backs and he said that when he got to town, he was at uh, an event over at the uh, Elegante, which is right next to us here in downtown Lubbock, mm-hmm. and he met her, and uh, she said basically her daughter was at Tech, she had another son that was here, and when Henry came here, she's like, well, I might as well move here too. and uh, But spoke very highly of her ability about nobody really wanting to mess with her and her ability to you know command the room. He didn't use those words, command the room, but I mean, that's essentially what he was talking about in terms of her organization, her uh, ability, her ability to coach. So he was very, very complimentary of her. And uh, it's a legit deal. She's the tight ends coach for Estacado High School. Good. <laughs> so, so now, and, I, and I, I talked to Coach McGuire last night, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him about this. So I'm going to ask him about, about her and, you know, if, if he – if he's had what kind of conversations he's had with her and how much how much influence that she had on Henry Teeter, who's obviously the starting tight end for the Red Raiders. But what a great story, huh? That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Estacado will meet uh, Paladero uh, tonight uh, over at Lowry Field. So I thought that was I thought that was really, really interesting. Six thirty five this morning here on the morning drive. I'm not aware of any other women coaches uh, in uh, at LISD, there may, there may be, in terms of football, but 
She's the one. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other, one other, uh, just amazing story, and she was there yesterday as well. Uh, and this young man apparently now has had open heart surgery. I think everybody's aware of the young man from Dalhart who passed away, um, and then has subsequently his family has donated his organs, which will help save five additional lives. But certainly tragic uh, with what Extremely. happened. What happened to that young man? Um, there was another very unfortunate event uh, that took place uh, with the Monterey JV team. Zayden Ward uh, is his name. He's a freshman. He's a running back. He made the final touchdown of a game for the Plainsmen and then um, collapsed. And he went uh, into the huddle. Uh, his coach was telling him to lift his head up, and he was trying to do that. And once he finally lifted his head up, he went back and collapsed. So the uh, trainer, and she was there. Her name was Lacey Steele. Uh, she went out onto the field and shocked his heart twice and basically saved his life. Okay? Nice. So she was there last night, and uh, her mom's quoted in a KCBD article basically saying if she wouldn't have been out there, uh, her son would have, have been dead. And uh, they introduced her, and she is here in town uh, because her husband is a um, – a resident over at the Texas Tech Health Science Center, uh, and they come here by way of BYU. So uh, she's a trainer. Her husband's going through his residency, and I'm not sure what kind of doctor he's going to be. But how about that for an amazing uh, great job by her grace of God story for her to save that young man's life. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, Jamie, she she must have uh, just you know just a cool calm to her. Uh, didn't get a chance to meet her, but you know when you're in that kind of pressure situation where basically somebody is right there in front of you, and you know one minute you've got a football game going on, the next minute you're like trying to make a decision to save, save somebody's, somebody's life. life. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's uh, calm under pressure, right? Yeah, special kind of people right there. Special kind of people, with, without without a doubt. So uh, good job for uh, for Lacey Steele, and we're glad to have her here in Lubbock because uh, she certainly helped help that out but uh yeah just uh all kinds of uh you know just heartache uh for the folks in dalhart um with that young man passing away and his family and and um you know the i guess the only bright spot is is that he's able to help some additional people yeah you know that's that's the only the only bright spot of that all right uh, 6 38 this morning here on the morning drive if you have thoughts comments yates flooring center chat line Go to WT973.com or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. See, I told you I had a full bucket of little tidbits this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm, using, I'm using them up. I feel like I'm, I'm burning them left and right, but uh, I'm, I think I've got some more for you. Um, Josh Young gets called up, and uh, he'll play tonight for the Texas Rangers. That's pretty cool. Yep. Very so, exciting. So um, I asked, uh, and I... I, I guess I should have done the research. And I was—I saw Mike Gustafson yesterday, yeah, a couple of times, and I asked him. I said, "Man, when's the last time a position player got called up?" And uh, we we really couldn't, really never came to a name. Really, it's been that long. Yeah, ne- even ne- Gus couldn't remember. Never really came to a, like off the top of his head. I asked him about you know somebody. I'm like, Can there's you- a guy with the Pirates a few years ago, uh, Kelby Tomlinson. Yeah, with the Giants. Giants, sorry. Yeah, okay. that that would be that was the name that I would I had in my head. Okay, did yeah. Stubby Clap ever get called up 
Oh yeah, but that was a long time ago. That was I long, think so. That was a long time yeah, ago. I think he played for the Astros, didn't he? Or the Brewers. Okay. Maybe the Brewers. Maybe okay. the Brewers. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking Kelby Tomlinson would have been my guess. Would have been your guess. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, Reed that wasn't was, that wasn't that long ago. Reed never made it to the majors, and he actually shifted from third to yeah. Pitcher. He ended up being a pitcher anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I can't, pretty can't think of anybody else. Pretty cool for Josh, uh, and uh, just with what he said uh, during Jeff Sports Center, he sounds like he's calm, cool, and collected. Uh, sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders about it, right? Uh, we've we've always known Josh to be that guy. No. It's just in, yeah. yeah. Josh Young, cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, yeah. no sun rising in the morning yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no surprise, right? Jo- yes, Josh has got that part of it down. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool that. Uh, you have that uh, ability to do that when you've been called up to the major leagues. I mean, just to be able to kind of have your wits about you. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Today's the ninth day of September 2022. It is uh, Football Friday. With this day in sports history, here is Jeff McGuire. Got a lot today, believe it or not. Nin- know, including yeah. quite possibly the biggest <clears throat> job in the history of Olympic sports. 1945, Jimmy Fox hits his 534th and final home run. Uh, Fox with two X's. Yes. 1960, Denver Broncos beat the Boston Patriots 13-10 to in the AFL's first game before 21,597 fans at Nickerson Field in Boston. 1965, L.A. Dodgers future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Sandy Koufax throws his fourth career no-no and his first perfect game in a one nothing win over the Chicago Cubs at Dodger Stadium. I did not know that his fourth was perfect. And that would be his last no-hitter. 1971, NHL great Gordie Howe retires for the first time <laughs> after 25 seasons with the Detroit Red Wings. He'd have several more. He'd have a he, couple, yeah. He was a repeat offender. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan per- pulled a Gory hat. We'll put it that way. He wanted to play with his sons, just like uh, LeBron and Bronny. 1972. Is this going to be a sour day for the uh, U.S. Olympic basketball team? I don't know that it's sour, but they just get—they definitely got robbed. Soviet Union beats the United States 51-50 to in the most controversial game played in international basketball history. U.S. leading 50-49 to with the final three seconds is replayed Three times until the Soviets finally win. Watching yeah. the replay of this yes. is even crazier than the stories. It's yeah. criminal. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm. this might sound terrible. The first one, they might have an argument. I do think the coach t- called a timeout there before they threw the ball in. Second one was a snow job. Mm-hmm. There's a reason those guys haven't accepted those silver medals. Yeah, they, they're still in a vault in Sweden, and Doug Collins, who was on that team, has it in his will that his family is never to accept anybody from his family to accept that silver medal. Okay. And those guys are still, it's a long memory when you get host out of a gold medal like that. Mm -hmm. 1987, Major League pitcher Nolan Ryan strikes out his 4,500th batter. That's a lot. Mm. 1990, this name sounds familiar, Jamie. But uh, maybe you can help me out here. 19-year-old Pete Sampras wins his first <laughs> Grand Slam title, beats fellow American Andre Agassi 6'4", 6'3", 6'2", 
Sampras would be the youngest male U.S. Open winner. Whatever. Can he do any good there? Man, I mean, Sampras got to 14, and it felt like, man, nobody's going to come close to that record. And boy, the big three just blown by Pete Sampras. Yeah. Did Sampras have it harder? I wouldn't say so. Okay. I mean, you got three of the greatest all time competing against each other. Imagine if yeah. one of them had been in an era by themselves. Sure. Those guys could say they had it harder. I mean, those guys would yeah. be at, like one of them. One of them would be at thirty nine or forty or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got all three of them with plus 20. And in 2013, U.S. men's tennis, Spaniard Rafael Rafael, Rafael Nadal wins his second U.S. title, beats Djokovic 6-2-3-6-6-4-6-1. Rafael is his real name. You're allowed to call him Rafael. Yeah, but he doesn't go by that. Yeah, but it's his real name. It's all right. (laughs) Uh, It is probably the best day for food. Because it's I love food day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. I love food. Okay. Okay. That'd be a hard one to beat. Okay. Because you get everything under the umbrella, right? And anything that you love. Yeah. If if you love spinach, today is your day. If if you love hot dogs, if you love pizza, if you love lasagna, if you love liver, you're weird, but it's your day. <laughs> Happy birthday, former Red Raider baseball player Hunter Hargrove, turned 28 today. Adam Sandler, 56. Michael Buble, 47. Hugh Grant, 62. J.R. Smith, 37. Joe Theismann, 74. And Bob Stoops is 63 today. (coughs) Joe Theismann. And in this day in 1942, a Japanese float plane drops incendiary bombs on an Oregon State forest. It is the first air attack on a U.S. mainland in the war. Launching from the Japanese sub I-25, piloted by Nobu Fujiti, he piloted his light aircraft over the state of Oregon and firebombed Mount Emily, alighting a state forest. The president immediately called for a news blackout for the sake of morale. Hmm. And that is this dance sports history. What year was that? 1942. So... Almost a year after Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. 6.50 this morning on the morning drive. So on September 9th, 1987, when Nolan Ryan struck out his 4,500th career batter, uh, the, the guy that whiffed to end the seventh was uh, Mike Aldretti. I do not, that name is not familiar to me at all. Is it to you? Yeah, a little bit just from looking at baseball cards, but I, I don't remember too much about him. I'm thinking... Yeah. Angels, maybe? Maybe he played for the Angels a bunch? I, I'm not He might have. Sure. This this particular night, he was playing for the Giants because it was against... He was, okay. He hey. was, uh, Nolan was pitching for Houston. Mm-hmm. He struck out 16 that night, okay? 12 of the last 13 he faced struck out the last five batters. But you know what the thing that he did to help his team the most that night? He hit a home run. Nope. He drove in the winning run. As the uh, Astros beat the Giants four to two. Cool. <laughs> Good night. As long as he was standing on first with the pitcher's jacket on, we're okay. How, mm. He uh, mm-hmm. he predicted after that game that he wouldn't reach five thousand. He would get above that. See, yep. Yep. Nolan Ryan doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
let's see. Sooner in Lubbock. Uh, up early, headed to Riodosa. Thank you guys for keeping me up. Oh, it's our pleasure. Just uh, keep your eyes on the road. Uh, this from somebody else who's on the road. Uh, driving into Lubbock now. My prediction is we will break 60K in attendance. Uh, my understanding is that there's not much left. Uh, I was at the ticket office yesterday. I needed to get a couple tickets. And uh, there was a pretty good stream of people coming in and students coming in and getting their stuff. And But uh, my understanding is there's not much left uh, for the ball game. So that's, that's really good Great news. news. Yeah, really good news. Um, 6.52 this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double Red Raiders take on Houston, team that they uh, defeated a year ago. Um, final score of that game was 38-21. to Houston jumped out to a 14-0 lead. They led 21-7 to at the half. It's kind of one of those deals where it kind of felt like, man, that, this is not going to go well for the Red Raiders, and then skunked them in the second half as you outscored them 31-0 in the second half. One of those rare times where you trailed at the half and came back and won. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it was a... Just like a horrible start to the game. Just, yeah. Just horrible start. If I remember correctly, didn't Houston go for it on fourth down like three or four times in the first two drives? You just couldn't get off the field. Could not get off the field. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, they kept picking up fourth down. So, they, fourth and short. Fourth and short. Yeah. And then... Uh, Figured some things out after half and put it on them. Well, to your point, they were 6 of 17 on third down, but 4 of 4 on fourth down. Yeah. That's what I remember okay. from early on in that game. Okay. It was one of those deals, and we had talked about this recently, where you'd have a third and eight, and you'd give up seven, giving them the confidence to go for it on fourth down. And mm -hmm. it kept happening over and over and over again. So you technically would say, well, we were good on third down. We, yeah, you right. know, we forced right. them into fourth down, but you really weren't. Right. No, you, really you weren't, weren't because they just said, well, they laughed at you and yeah. said, we're going to go for it. Uh, Clayton Toon, whom we'll see at quarterback tomorrow for Houston, 27 of 38, 174 yards through two touchdowns. He was sacked four times. I don't know if he's going to be sacked four times tomorrow or not. Nathan Dell, their big receiver, he's number one, targeted seven, ten times, caught seven balls for 80 yards, Longest was 24 and had one touchdown. Uh, for the Red Raiders, Tyler Shuck was uh, 17 of 24, 231. Had a touchdown. His longest was 50. Uh, Taj Brooks, though, had a big day running. 15 totes, 134 net yards, two touchdowns, and his longest was 44 yards. Taj Brooks runs for 134 yards tomorrow. I'm Text feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling really good. I yep. agree. I agree. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning and look for your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank to do that. Some 24 hours from now, we'll be just outside the Frazier Alumni Pavilion with a Saturday morning quarterback. Your fine, friendly, helpful hosts will be Garrett Luft and Andres Flores as we bring you Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets. Just outside Jones Stadium there on the southwest corner. We'll be there all the way up until 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, getting you ready for the game and uh, providing you just a little bit of a, a extra information to make you just a little bit smarter than the guy sitting next to you. 
Good. So we would like the guy sitting next to you to be listening too, so you can, you don't have to give us any credit. Just tell him to listen, right? Because we're we're trying to grow this thing, make it bigger and better than ever, and be helpful. Right? That'd somebody, be great. Be, somebody can spread the word. Uh, Juan has Texas Tech winning thirty-eight twenty-seven. Uh, Risa has Tech winning 48-15. to 15. I do not see that. I think it's going to be a little closer game than that. I, I would guess it would be. It, it's hard for me to believe that Houston's offense will be held to 14 <coughs> points. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about uh, Houston, and Coach McGuire spoke about this last night on his radio show on WT97.3, talked about their defense. Talked about how aggressive it is. They call it Sack Avenue, Jamie. Uh, I've heard that. 44 sacks last year. He said, here's the guys you have to watch out for. All right? So uh, if you're, if you're you know, kind of got your binoculars on or you're watching the, the Houston defense, uh, you got to watch out for Derek Parrish. He's 6'2", 245, a senior from Pearland. Plays on that defensive line. He's number zero. You got to watch out for number 44 uh, for Houston. He's a, a big lad as well, 6'2", 270. He's from uh, Lawndale, California, by way of Long Beach City College. His name is DeAnthony Jones, so 6'2", 270. And then big number, 99. Anytime you hand out 99, usually 99s are pretty good players. So in this particular case, he was. Uh, he said, you got to watch out for Justin Beatles. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'5", 250, from Virginia Tech. So those are the guys to to watch out for. It's funny you're listing a guy that plays for the University of Houston. He's from Virginia Tech. <laughs> Welcome to college sports. Welcome to college college football. Yep. So there you go. Um, so he feels like uh, their their defense is real disruptive, and that's the thing that uh, is going to kind of stand out tomorrow. Yeah. So what you think defense is going to stand out more than offense tomorrow? For Houston? Both teams. Both teams? Hmm. That's a good question. I think offense is going to win the day. I I, I, I would I mean I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to get at least one team into the 30s, possibly both. Mhm. Mm and the other one in the high 20s. I, Can I, I say which team plays defense better? Is that too generic for you? I mean it's it's kind of lame. I just feel like what, what do you I'm what, what what I mean by that? I mean that I think both teams are going to be offensive, but I think one one defense, one of the two defenses is going to at some point in time step up and make some plays that's going to and that's you could say that about every game, but I just I I just think in order to win this game, you have to be I think dominant on the line of scrimmage. And I think that's the big question. If you're dominant on the line of scrimmage against these guys, then I'm going to feel better as you're going through the season. Yeah, I don't think either team will be dominant at the line okay. of scrimmage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one name that's on the uh, Houston coaching staff that kind of jumped off at me was uh, Mike Jinks is on this staff. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. He's uh, the associate head coach and running backs coach. Coach Jinks spent time, time here with Coach Kingsbury. And then he spent time uh, out at USC. Uh, he was hired by Coach Kingsbury to, when he took the offensive coordinator job and then stayed, uh, mm -hmm. Coach Jinks did, uh, along with a couple of other Red Raider offensive aides. 
at USC, and of course when you know Lincoln Minor or Lincoln Riley took over, um, he um, he was asked to clean out his desk. I'm guessing, <laughs> right? That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Of course, he spent some time as a head coach at Bowling Green, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mike Jinks is uh, is part of that uh, part of that staff, and uh, you know another guy that was a really good high school football coach. Yep. You know, um, in uh, not the same kind of uh, enthusiasm uh, that um, the coach McGuire had, but still a, a highly successful high school football coach, and so probably a good hand for for Dana Holgerson to uh, to have on his staff. A six year old on speed doesn't have the kind of uh, excitement that Joey McGuire has. He's on a whole different level. We don't six, need to compare people to him. It, a six year old on speed. I'm just saying. Yeah. He wakes up, he's excited about brushing his teeth, and it's fine. <laughs> I'm in, but we can we don't have to compare everybody to him. It's an unachievable number for the rest mm-hmm. of humankind. Okay. Um something else from uh, Coach McGuire's show last night. He was asked if there was um any kind of different preparation versus a ranked team. And he said no, there's no difference with that. He said he said this is about how we play has to do with us, focus on what we do. If we do that, we can beat anyone. I think a lot of coaches would say that, but there's no there's no extra hours or preparation just because you have a ranked team coming in versus an unranked team. What were we hoping for there? I don't know. Just We worked harder this week? No, I, I don't know. I just that's, Somebody asked that question, so I was just wondering. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, yeah. again, did you think the coach was going to say, eh, we, you no. know, <laughs> no. We, we worked way harder on these guys than, than we will against KU. I got to, I yeah, I got to work will. at 445 instead of, instead, of, instead of 5. You know? No, I, I, I understand. I, I'm, I mean, you... I understand what you're you saying. Treat I did all, not treat all opponents like they're dangerous. Sure, and, and you work hard. Sure, sure. And and if there is a little bit of a difference, mm-hmm. you're surely not going to admit that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are opening yourself up big time mm-hmm. for criticism if you ever, you know, fall in one of those games yeah. or struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody says this off the Gates Sporting Center chat line that Mike Jinx was our connection. To Terrence Steele. Okay. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, you're paying these guys a lot of money. You want them to get good players, right? Sure. Players that can stand out for you and, and uh, players that can be uh, be a part of that. Uh, a lot has been made, I think, of uh, the number of deep balls that uh, Murray State was able to throw, particularly in the first half. Um, um, and uh, it's fair. And it's fair. One, one of the things that, that Coach McGuire talked about last night is that that – the defensive line has got to maintain the rush lanes and containing the quarterback. Um, they said by allowing him to run like they did last week and throw the deep ball, he said on one of the deep balls that was thrown and completed, it really should have been a sack. So not all of it in his mind was on the defensive backs. Now there's a lot of acknowledgement of, you know, especially with what coach Tim DeRuder said, uh, a little bit later on last night um, about eye discipline and things like that. He said he said that the receivers, uh, once the route is broken, have to look back to see where the receiver is instead of watching the quarterback like a spectator. So mm-hmm. that's something that they've been working on this week 
um, is eye discipline, which we've heard an awful lot about eye discipline this week, more so than I can ever remember hearing about. But he also said this with regard to the defense Tim DeRuta did, that there's more depth than, than he's been around in recent with recent teams. So I thought that Good. was I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, Coach DeRuiter uh, submitted a question for Coach DeRuiter last night on Red Raider football with uh, Joey McGuire. Feels like that's stacking the deck a little bit, doesn't it? He his question was, uh, "Can you ask?" The question was this: "Can you ask Coach Kitley to not score so fast?" And then he signed it, Tim D. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, basically, with that, with that offense and how quickly they get down the field, it's like being a fireman on call because you got to put out the fire right away. Always got to be ready. Always got to be ready, right? Because you, you turn around and boom, mm-hmm. there never, you go. You're going never back know home. when it's coming. I thought that was pretty funny, though. Uh, from Tim D., can you ask Coach Kitley to not score so fast? We've heard that before, right? But I feel like you've got a better defense to handle that, to be able to come back to that. But... I mean, we're so early on into this that we'll see how the defense does in terms of how it gets exposed to the to the better teams throughout the season. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's as deep as we think it is and if it's as good as we think it is, right? Just like everything else. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. What you got? What you got? What you got? What you got? What Question you got? of the day is: uh, Will that be the video that we see every Thursday night from NBC, or will they have that fixed by next week? <laughs> no, they will not have that fixed by next week because that's been a problem with other games during the preseason. Oh my goodness, that's hard to watch. I know. I mean, the jumping around. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's a local problem. Oh man, that'd be my guess. I'm not an engineer, but yeah, the the looks like they're trying to stream something off of a computer that jiggity, doesn't jiggity. doesn't have enough uh, yeah bandwidth, that, that's, and that's an <laughs> they're doing that for the NFL again for I, the I, National I, Football League again. I don't I think it's I don't know that I don't know whose problem it is if it's it's if it's the the NBC or if it's the local broadcaster. I think it's the local broadcaster's problem. Hmm. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an engineer. But yeah, okay. that has been. But that has been going on again. I thought it was just my set when you guys were. Um, when you were, you mentioned it this morning. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that you were having. Others were having a problem with it too. I thought it was me because I've tried to. I've tried to adjust my set uh, to fix it, but I've not been able to do it. Okay. So I thought it was just. I thought it was just me. I thought I'd punched the wrong button because I mean, you know, you know me sometimes. I start punching buttons and then I screw up the whole thing mm-hmm. and the missus will tell me to stop punching buttons. Well, I don't think you can push any buttons to, to fix that. No, you're right. Yeah. I, I, I did think, I wonder if I should just go to Peacock and watch it on there because they stream mm-hmm. all theirs on there. Maybe they have mm-hmm. better streaming. Yeah, I don't know how to get to that. I'd need some help with that. But, you know, son-in-law number one, he, he, I, he even he couldn't fix it, so... Again, I don't think you can fix that. Well, again, I thought what, it was my TV. It's what being sent to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I thought it. it was. I thought it was me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was them. I thought I was, it was worried me. I was going to be cross-eyed by halftime. Wow, it must have been. It must have been really, really bad for you. This is jumpy. Yeah, it's no. cra- I mean, it's the National Football League. I know. I, I'm, I'm aware. I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's the National Football League. Um, you know. I mean, if it's, I mean, quite honestly, uh, I mean, 
what LISD TV's putting out is better than what you saw there with the video quality. Mm -hmm. And that's a small thing that they do a great job of and sure. run by students. Right. Yeah, that was really confusing. Man, that was crazy. Okay, so my question uh, for you guys <laughs> today, okay, okay. with... Uh, you our feel good better? No, you don't feel better. I, I, I mean, I didn't feel worse. Okay. What, was, what do you mean do I feel better? Well, I didn't know. You know. Like You kind of got that off your chest. I mean, you feel like that. I mean, I just didn't know if you felt better. Maybe. Sometimes Have like they fixed the problem yet? No, they it doesn't like feel when better. I feel, when I get things off <laughs> it's my probably tech, Truthfully, it probably will be the last Thursday night game I watch anyways. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the, yeah, I'll probably watch There's a Thursday afternoon game yeah. coming that you'll be catching. Uh, much later in the season. and End of November time. Mm-hmm. You'll be having turkey as well. No, he won't. What, are you just trying to wrestle turkey feathers here? I mean, No, Jamie, I'm pointing to the Thanksgiving game with the Jamie Cowboys. Jamie doesn't eat turkey. Oh, I eat turkey. I just don't eat leftover turkey. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I eat it once because, you know, I'm obligated. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing to do. You know, like I'm obligated to... To bring oh man, I'm, snacks at I'm, Christmas time. I'm, 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 I'm obligated. I Didn't know I was only doing it because I, I was obligated. I was just trying to make a joke, and now I'm going to hear about that for the next <laughs> six months. You are correct, sir. Jamie, your question. Oh, man. <laughs> Today's question. Yes, sir. With our good friend Dana Hogerson coming to town uh -huh. this week. Uh -huh. I ask you, with all the ex-assistant coaches that have come through here, mm hmm and we had a good, really good crew of them under Coach Leach. Mm -hmm. Guys that went on to be head coaches elsewhere. Okay. Who was the one that you feel like you you rooted for the most when oh. they were a head coach somewhere else? Can can you can you give me some examples? I'll give you mine right now. Go, go ahead. Ruffick McNeil. Oh, okay, yeah. There I'd root go. for that man in anything he was doing. Yeah, there you go. I I'd never, I, I never played for him, mm -hmm. but the amount of respect I have for sure. him is only amplified by yep. what the stories are yep. that you hear of him, of how good of a guy he is, and how much fun he was to play for. Okay. I would echo what Jess just said. Yeah, I, I, I think he's exactly right. I can't think of anybody else that came off. Of, I mean, Sonny Dykes was on that staff. I didn't really have any interactions with Sonny Dykes when he was here under Mike Leach. Lincoln Riley, Neil Brown. I like Neil Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Neil Brown under Coach Dana, w. obviously. I, I, I just, I find him an irritant. He wanted to throw Dana <laughs> down a flight of stairs. I find him. I, no, no, no. I didn't. I wasn't going to throw him. Okay? No, but you wanted to. You thought about it. And it was, it was stadium stairs. Okay. And and push that doesn't make it better. Push. I wasn't going to throw. I was going to push. Stadium stairs made it better. <laughs> that doesn't make it better. What does that mean? Well, oh, it was only stadium stairs. Wanted to wanted, wanted to clarify because it's more than a flight because it was it was the stop top of the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I just find I find for whatever reason I just find him as uh, irritable, uh, angry, mm -hmm. um, not. Do you feel unfriendly? Do you feel like you ultimately end up rooting against more of them? You you found yourself rooting against them more. Houston or Dana's teams? No, any any of the assistants that left. I didn't have any problem with uh, with with Lincoln Riley uh, until he went to Oklahoma. Yeah, but I didn't really have any. I I didn't really have any. I thought that was a good story. The the Baker thing that 
Yeah. That's when I went, okay, now done. Yeah, there was that that one moment Mm -hmm. after the Kansas game when when he cried for Baylor after they suspend er, Baylor Baker Baker after they suspended him for mm-hmm. one series um, after he was making gestures at the Kansas folks mm-hmm. and he cried over it and told the world how misunderstood Baker Mayfield was and it was that moment that I went from rooting for him to thinking he was a tool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would. I, I, I would. I've, I've always kind of been interested in what's how Sonny Dykes has done, whether he was sure. at Cal or at SMU. I would I mean, have told you it changes now for me with t- him at TCU. One hundred percent. I think both of you just made that point really well. I, I, he would have been my number one guy. Sonny okay, to, as far as guys to root for, Sonny. Yes. Okay. He, he. I rooted for him when he was at Cal. I was rooting for him when he was at SMU, but now that he's at TCU, that's completely changed. It's completely changed. So I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that he uh, fails miserably and leaves quickly and then gets a job somewhere else and does great and <laughs> gets his career back on track. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just he, and Jeff mentioned Oklahoma, because, mm-hmm. or Lincoln Riley. He was rooting for him when he was at ECU, mm-hmm. but he got to OU, and that changed, and, and it did. Yeah, that yeah. definitely changed things mm-hmm. for me. But Coach Dykes would have been, would have been my guy that, that I rooted for the most. Okay. I don't find myself rooting against them necessarily because they were, you know, under Leach or under Tuberville or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've found myself rooting for Neil Brown as well. Yeah, no, I liked Coach Brown. But he's in, at West Virginia now. I know, so it's hard time. And so I'm like, eh. I don't find eh. that one as hard, though. Mm-hmm. As I don't know that I can root for Lincoln anymore after what happened at OU. And that, that was enough of a sting that... I- I kind of pull for USC, so I yeah, hope he I'm, does. I hope he does well at USC. I'm with Jamie on that. I'm kind of back to rooting for him a little bit. Uh, I'm also with this uh, with Raider 316, who says I'm rooting for Arizona Cardinals more now that Coach Kingsbury's at the helm. I won't this week. Yeah, he, he was um, technically he wasn't one of our assistants. I, I know, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, as a head coach, you know, elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, I never liked Art Bryles uh, once he left here, so uh, I didn't like him at Houston. I never really liked him. I always kind of felt like he was I never felt like he was one of us, especially when his son went elsewhere. I don't know, just that rubbed me the wrong way. What about Abel? Bit, uh, bit hard to say that when he's a grad. Well, who? Art, Art Bryles. A, a graduate of Texas Tech? Yeah. Well, his son did not play. Yeah, I know, but, but he let, let's here's the deal. I mean, unfor- the the unfortunate thing for Art Bryles is he he was here he played most of his football elsewhere, his college football elsewhere. He was here under very, very unfortunate circumstances with the death of his parents. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, he technically graduated from Texas Tech, but I just I never cared for him. This That was just me. Sonny Cumbie? Yeah, oh, Sonny Cumbie, I could get that's behind him. Yeah, that's he's a, that's just a great now one. the head coach, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's a great one. Yep, no doubt. But, you know, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't know Art Bryles, but I just for whatever reason, it just didn't didn't work for me. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Uh, no, honestly, I feel great. Uh, something may come up uh, in the report, but uh, <laughs> as you know, that's this league, and if you don't report a hangnail, you'll get suspended, or you'll or they'll get fined. Excuse me. So, um, but no, I feel great. Uh, I still feel the best. That, uh, that I felt in a very, very long time. 
not even comparable to where I was last year going into this game. So uh, honestly, just excited. Uh, I need to get there. You, you, just you got a hangnail though? Yeah, just a little hangnail, something so like that, something close to it. It won't limit you at all on Sunday. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, can't. No, not at all. Not a chance. Would you tell us if it? Yeah. I didn't necessarily. I was limited today, um, but as I said, um, it is my ankle. But it is just being very, very precautious. Switch shoes today probably wasn't the best idea. So um, there we go. So we're good to go. Promise that. Same ankle. Same ankle. What do you need me to do? You need me. To so you I think it was a shoe deal, yeah. And so, boom, limited, good to go. I promise you, I'm great. Is that, so. is that the bionic ankle? Exactly. It's the, bio, it's the bionic ankle, so we're fine. That's Dak Prescott. Um, so, has new cleats on, and he gave him some discomfort with his ankle. But he's still good to go. He, he said that repeatedly, but his... His repaired ankle felt uncomfortable with a new pair of cleats. What are you doing with a new pair of cleats right before the season starts? He probably gets a new pair of cleats once a week. Yeah, probably so, but I mean, <laughs> don't you, you feel think like he's, he's wearing, you think NFL players are wearing the same cleats all year long? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I don't know. I've, I've never. You think Texas Tech football players are wearing the same cleats all week long or all season long? Because they're not. I don't know. I they're mean, not. I, I know that they've got a slew of them, but I mean, they're, there's, I mean, like everybody, I think that you know these guys have comfortable shoes or comfortable cleats that they feel I mean, like MJ would break out a new pair of shoes every game, and if he didn't shoot well in the first half, he'd break out a new pair at halftime. Okay, okay, and uh, that's pretty typical, I think. He, there are a couple things there for me. Okay, go ahead. Um, his use of precautious. Like he didn't say it was precautionary. He said I was just being precautious there. <laughs> That's a new word, isn't it? Is that like before I was being cautious? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> okay. Precautious, other... yeah. <laughs> very, very precautious is what he said. <laughs> Switch shoes today probably wasn't a good idea. We're good to go. Promise that. So the other thing I, I was gonna say is, I mean, obviously this city and our area is loaded with cowboy fans. Mm-hmm. And it's been quiet with cowboy talk. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, just because I mean, we're all so excited about the Red Raiders. Yeah, right. right. No, no question. So laser focused on that. Mm -hmm. It just feels like there's been less cowboy conversation than ever, and I think cowboy fans are resigned to the fact that they'll be okay, but they won't be great. Which is different than being a Bills fan because. You just ex what? What did you say yesterday? How did you put that? Because I thought it was very eloquent the way that you said that. I don't remember what I said, but I just I, you always. I just expect heartbreak. It's, they're going to find new ways to rip our hearts out. They just they will. I mean, my wife last night was like, "Oh, that's pretty impressive. Didn't the Rams win the Super Bowl?" And I was like, "Yeah, they did." So how is Buffalo going to you know blow it this time? I mean, it's just this is week one. It's week one. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, it's just how how is it going to go bad? Something yeah. will go wrong. I don't know. I I don't know. Something will it'll so probably you, happen in the postseason, so it's an ender and I mean you, you can't just <laughs> lose to a better team and be like, Okay, man, they were better than us. We we lost by ten, whatever. No, you got you gotta find a way. I just love how you I mean, find a way. I mean how many things I mean, missing a field goal in a Super Bowl. I mean I mean, thinking a team is not gonna try some trickery on a kickoff after you come back. <laughs> 
you know, to score, to take a lead inside of like 30 seconds left. Or how about like, let's not cover the receivers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to give up uh, what? 60 yard drive in 13 seconds, 16 seconds. What was it? Let's not cover those receivers. Let's just back off and give them, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 yards at a time. It's I mean, only Patrick Mahomes, too. Yeah, he can't throw. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this guy's got the arm to throw it 20 yards down the field. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just – I mean, and I could go on and on. Yeah. No, As a Bills fan, really, it's just – really good just, job there. Synopsis is really – It's just – I mean, you just come to expect the heartbreak. And so, like, the last, oh, 15 years or so have been easy to be a Bills fan. It's like there's no heartbreak. We know they're going to be terrible. <laughs> I, know. I think so you now, said they're going to be great. They're great until they're not. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, okay, so the last two or three years, they've gotten good again. Okay, so how are we going to figure, how are we going to find a way to blow this? How are we going to blow this? I mean, it's just, I, I mean, can you blame me? No, no, not at all. Not not when you've cited what yeah, you've just cited. Expect the worst, hope for better. Yeah, I think Hope that's for it. the best. Hope, I mean, Expect the worst, hope for the best. That's but, what you said yesterday. But we great. all know hope is not a strategy. Right. As a Bills fan, you just... Expect the heartbreak. And and with the Cowboys, uh, they're they're just they're gonna be they're gonna be good, but never great, right? It's just funny how we treat our teams differently. You know, like some of your teams, you you treat with kid gloves, mm-hmm. and you expect certain things from them. I mean, and then other teams, you're just completely different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like like my the way I feel about the Bills. I mean, hope they win. I root for them to win, but. I <coughs> And then on the, on the flip side of it, I I am so much more harsh towards the Yankees. Yeah, they're leading so the, much more harsh. They're doing yes. really well playing. Yeah. But. You go from hoping they will win to expecting, expecting, they will and win. basically yeah. darn near demanding as a Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight twenty one. Because if you're going to spend that much money, and you're going to have that much talent. Gosh darn it, you should win. Are you more excited after a Bills win or more upset after a Yankees loss? It depends on the time of year, right? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, how important of the game was it? Did you? Did the Yankees just win seven in a row and they dropped one? Okay, whoop de doo right? I mean, was the Bills game against the Patriots? Okay, well, that would mean more than if they beat the Bengals or something. Actually, the Bengals are good, so maybe that would mean something right now. Uh, Dak Prescott was asked if his ankle discomfort will limit him Sunday. He says, not at all. It can't. Not at all. Not a chance. If the Cowboys struggle on Sunday and if Prescott struggles on Sunday, whether it's running or appearing to running or setting his feet or anything along those lines, are we going to, are we going to, we're going to go back. We're, we're not, there's not going to be a, are we going to, there's going to be a, we're going to go, okay, there's maybe something wrong here after all. With the cleat thing? Yeah. Yeah. No. With the cleat thing. Mm. No, I won't. You don't think so? No. Okay. If the Cowboys don't play well against Tampa Bay. Talk about him. If he's not. It, collectively, if any one of them don't play well this Sunday, it will not be because of cleats. It will not be because of um, individual shoestrings or anything along. It will be because that they have lost to Tampa Bay and they have lost to Tom Brady for the 900th time in his career. Uh, okay, I mean, well, I think I'm pretty confident about this I, Cowboy game. I think I've. I, I genuinely, mm-hmm. or generally, maybe is a better word, but genuinely, generally agree with you here, Jeff. Okay. However, I mean, if 
Have you never had a shoe that like you wore and it like oh no I gave you like a I get exactly a where blister that, or whatever I, I get exactly and then where so Dak, the next day you're like walking gingerly or whatever. I get exactly where Dak is talking mm. about. I yeah. know exactly what happened there. Okay, I, well I'm just so I'm just saying, Jeff, if the cleat thing was that bad and it, it's uncomfortable for him, even if he got a new pair now. But it's still uncomfortable because it gave him a blister or something. No, that, that was Thursday. The game is Sunday night. I don't care. You, I mean, blisters don't go away that fast. I mean, I had a new pair of tennis shoes uh, a year or so ago, and I wore them for the first time. And, I mean, I couldn't walk right for like a week. Mm-hmm. And I was just walking. Yeah. Silly Adidas. What were you doing doing that? Well, I just it was the first the first day I wore them, I played like three straight matches. And so it was about four hours of tennis yeah. straight and mm-hmm. really never wore them in. After that, they pre- were pretty much fine. Okay. <sighs> Let's see here. This from the Yates Morning Center chat line. My approach to tech sports since 1988, 1978 is high hopes, no expectations. That's uh, Mark from Olive Branch, Mississippi. Wow. Mark's a good dude. You know him? Yeah, we met in Mississippi twice. Okay. Uh, Albert says, I've come to expect the fact that making the playoffs is like making the Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. That's as good as it gets. Okay. Hmm. Seeing that as a Cowboy fan, that's just a completely different mm-hmm. level of expectation than what you were used to. Racer 26 says, Tech wins by 26. See what he did there? <laughs> Do they race out to a 26-point win? <clears throat> Maybe they race back from a 26-point deficit. Oh, and still win by 26? <laughs> still win by 26. It's like a 52-point turnaround, Chuck. Yeah, racer 26. Okay. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.